are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. We're Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Lily Zhao on the show today. Zhao, you doing? But let's start with real news. Marquez Valdez-Scanling on the COVID-19 health and safety protocols list. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling makes this Packers offense maximally explosive. He is an essential piece to what Green Bay wants to be offensively. And the reason he is so foundational to what they are, despite the fact that he is not a heavy target guy, is because his speed changes everything for defenses and his ability to win underneath in addition to that speed creates so much space for him to be that one-on-one matchup winner when so much attention is being paid to Devontae Adams. And what we saw in Baltimore was an extreme version and we had never seen Devontae Adams, or really any Packers receiver ever treated the way Devontae Adams was against the Ravens. One, two, even three Ravens defenders assigned to handle Devontae Adams. And the Packers still put up 31. That's the thing. And one of the big reasons was Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He had a couple key third down conversions. He had the touchdown on a play where Devontae Adams was getting doubled. And Aaron Rodgers said it uh, on, the, on the play that MVS scored. He said, I hope that MVS wins. And he only had the one option based on the coverage look. Mark Schofield, a friend of the podcast over at Touchdown Wire, did a great job of breaking down that play. The way that the Ravens defense handled that route concept. The only place that Rodgers could go with the ball based on the pre-snap look he knew was MVS. MVS won. He wins inside. It's a touchdown. And not having him and losing Randall Cobb, that combination is brutal for Green Bay. Because if you can't win down the field, you have to be able to win quickly. Well, if Devontae Adams is your best quick winner, Randall Cobb is your second one. And if teams are going to double Devontae Adams, then you need that pressure release valve. You need that other guy who's going to take the responsibility of winning quickly because that's what you want to do to, to, to get those underneath plays off. And because you don't have the other guys who can win deep consistently. It's, it's very difficult to, to play only in that intermediate area. And Rodgers has been so good on the quick game this year. So good getting the ball out on time and in rhythm, especially the last month, six weeks. Certainly since he came back from COVID. They can't sustain offense consistently 
with no deep threat and no short-term winner outside of Devontae Adams. And, and that's not a slighted Alan Lazard, who is a very good player and who is who has taken up the slack in the slot. He plays de facto um, tight end in this offense. We saw it again against the Ravens where he's playing H-back. He's leading through on some of these inside power runs. He is an incredibly versatile player and, and a reliable receiver. Although he dropped an, an unbelievable throw from Aaron Rodgers on a play that they ended up getting because of a phantom pass interference call and they end up scoring anyway. Just Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard, no Big Bob Tunyon, no Randall Cobb, no MVS. Now it starts to get really tough. Equinemius St. Brown is banged up. Juwan Winfrey is not a, a reliable NFL player. Amari Rodgers right now is not a reliable NFL player and they may have to lean on him a little bit more. It seems clear that they don't want to do that because when you started to go down the bench a little bit against Baltimore, you saw Amari Rodgers out there, or excuse me, you didn't see Amari Rodgers out there. You saw Juwan Winfrey. Now, the fact that they were able to scheme up some things for Mercedes Lewis and Josiah DeGuara. And the fact that Rodgers is looking to DeGuara in some of these second reaction plays suggests that there are some other options here, some other answers, play action, boot, dump, some of the tight end screens that they put together. We still, for whatever reason, have not seen them run leak, true leak. Uh, and I don't know why that is. Maybe they're saving it for a high leverage moment. I don't know why they don't run it once once a game. Um, but there are some other players who can do some things, but they can't stretch the field the way Marquez Valdez-Scantling can. They, they can't take the top off the defense the same kind of way. Amar Rodgers, even if he got to play, couldn't do that. Juwan Winfrey, even if he got to play, couldn't do that. Now, EQ, maybe, but we haven't really seen him in that role either. He's more been an underneath and middle of the field threat. He's been that sort of power slot guy, much like Alan Lazard. They only have one Devontae Adams, and there is only one Devontae Adams. But if you throw two and three defenders at him, he becomes much easier to stop, at least between the 20s. Inside the 20, he is still incredible unless you, you're going to put a guy inside, a guy outside, and a guy head up. I mean, because we saw it on that touchdown. They had a guy outside and a guy inside, and, and Rodgers still cooked that corner because he got him leaning inside and, and cut back outside. He's wide open. It's a touchdown. They're still going to find ways to manufacture Devontae Adams' touches and Devontae Adams' routes. They're going to use him in, in uh, the jet game, not, not to give him the ball, but to create motion and to create confusion on defense. They're going to get him on that little boot where he comes across the field, a little dump off. They've been really good scheming stuff up for Devontae Adams too, but you can also use him as a decoy. We saw against Baltimore, it opens it up for everybody else. The Packers got contributions from all of their receivers in that game, all of their healthy receivers, precisely because so much attention was being paid to Devontae Adams. And we didn't even see the running backs get that involved in the passing game. Maybe Aaron Jones can be someone on, you run these RB seam routes, AJ Dillon on some wheel routes. We haven't really seen him given the opportunities to do that much against the Browns team whose linebackers all had COVID or, or were hurt and, and weren't great to start with. 
maybe that's something that they can they can get to against Cleveland. We don't know who's going to play in this game. You know, Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa is one of those guys who you feel like in those situations could be useful, but he's also been much better this season flying downhill and making plays. This pass rush for Cleveland, Jadavion Clowney, could he be back? We don't know. Miles Garrett, he's banged up dealing with the groin injury. Is he going to be out there? And if he is, is he going to be 100%? David Mactiari, not going to be out there. Matt LaFleur ruled him out early. Missed Tuesday, and they're just like, no. Not going to be out there. In fact, didn't even practice. So this is starting to get concerning. Starting to become worrisome. Jair Alexander practiced last week. Um, and, and we'll see if and, if and when uh, they have a, an open practice this week. They canceled Tuesday's practice after talking to the uh, the leadership council. So um, all of their their injury designations were approximate. That's why it's a little concerning to have David Bakhtiari on the would not have practice list. Unless that's a veteran rest day and we didn't know about it. And it could have been. Very well could have been. We'll see if he's out there today. But th- this Marquez Valdez-Scaling thing, if he can't play, and, and remember, he still could. They changed the protocols. All he needs is the one negative test and to be asymptomatic. We also don't know why he got tested. They changed the rules. If you are vaccinated, you do not have to test unless you are randomly selected. They have four players that they randomly select, or you have symptoms, and then they test. He did a Good Morning Football interview yesterday. It would it would seem weird that he would have symptoms, still do that interview, awaiting COVID test. Now he's by himself, so you know not that weird. And if he's vaccinated, probably has very mild symptoms. But we don't know. We don't know. If he's symptomatic, you know, he still has plenty of time, but it is a short week now. He has a better chance under the new protocols than he did under the old protocols, but it's still not a great chance to be out there. And this is going to be a game where the Browns are desperate. They're coming off a really tough loss and they're, they're hoping that they can get some of their guys back. Being able to create some big plays to get down the field, Marquez Valdez-Scantling would offer important, important, not just versatility, but dynamic ability. And to lose that, you you lose that top-end element in your offense. You lose that explosiveness. And we saw it in October. This team could not get to 30 points. And all of a sudden, MVS comes back and the offense takes off. That's not a coincidence. That is not a coincidence. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at On Location. The Packers have the best record in the league. They are the favorites to get out of the NFC, the favorites to get the one seed. And by some models, by some metrics, the favorite to win the Super Bowl, certainly one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl. Why wouldn't you want to go? Why wouldn't you want to go? Go with On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place to score once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. You can select your exact seats. Sit wherever you want to sit. And choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star hotels, and man, LA does some five-star hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit on location exp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's on location exp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. 
All right, we are back. The number one seed is back. The Packers are still the number one seed. Those are different things because our friend Lily Zhao from Fox 6 is with us. The Packers, they get the win on Sunday, a win that they had almost turned into a loss. We have a lot to get to on today's show. Lily, how you doing? Peter doing great. Uh, you know, luckily no Pepto was pulled out. No Tums were pulled out. Uh, mm-hmm. Crazy fourth quarter ending might have been a little bit different had they lost. However, Packers get the victory. Everybody's happy this week. So am I. Is how you doing? I'm I'm good. Um, you know, I, I'm 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 not brand loyal when it comes to these things. If I, <laughs> if I need relief, whatever I got in the in the medicine cabinet is what I'm reaching for. Luckily, have not had to do that. Uh, for the Packers, at least in a long time, uh, some news to get to that we're going to get to in a little bit. But let's let's wrap up this Ravens game for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, there are going to be questions about this defense after their performance against a backup quarterback. And I'm of two minds about this at once. Yes, I did not think the, the plan was particularly great. They treated this offense like it was the greatest show on turf and gave them way too much respect. On the other hand, Tyler Huntley is not a backup quarterback in terms of quality. He played. Better than he played better, frankly, than like Matthew Stafford did against this defense. I think it's a little bit unfair to say, oh, they played this poorly against a backup when the backup also just played great. Where do you stand on that? Or is there somewhere in the middle that that you feel like you lean? Yeah, I mean, you know, Tyler Huntley was, you know, auditioning. I think any team in the NFL that's looking for a quality quarterback would be lucky to have him. I thought he played extremely well. There really wasn't any sort of drop off with this Ravens offense without Lamar Jackson, which says a lot to Huntley's talent and his preparation. I mean, he was going up and down the field, looked very poised and confident. And, you know, at some times it's, you're kind of wondering, all right, the Packers are playing a backup quarterback. They're going to make anybody look like Joe Montana. But I think Tyler Huntley certainly did earn his chops there. He played really, really well. But when you're looking at at this defense, you know, it's a little concerning that they're giving up that big of, you know, chunks, especially on the ground. But, you know, coming in, we knew this Ravens offense was really, really unique. They run the ball really well. And that, you know, was still the case for them. Mark Andrews played really well. Packers traditionally have a very tough time covering really good tight ends. And that was the case again. But, you know, luckily that two point conversion they came through and that's what it matters most. You know, I think when you're looking ahead at the stretch that they have left, they should be favored obviously in every single game, but I think the drop off in defense is a little bit concerning and it's not the end of the world. Like let's burn everything concerning, but it is a little (laughs) bit concerning. um, You know, when you're, when you're having a guy like Tyler Huntley light you up because you're facing a lot better, well, not a lot better, but you're, you're facing more quality teams and quarterbacks in the playoffs, but I still think that, you know, when they needed to at the end with that two point, they came through. Um, and then, you know, it just really showed the value of Kenny Clark up front. It's just stinks when you don't have a guy like that on your D line. That's a great point. Not having Kenny Clark. I mean, he is the the rock inside for what they want to do, not just in the run game, but also as a pass rusher, his ability to push the pocket inside, I think would have materially impacted the way that, that Tyler Huntley felt comfortable in the pocket back there. Uh, we did get some, some news by the way, on some of these guys, we don't know if Kenny Clark is going to be able to come off the COVID list this week, but we do know that Marquez Zelda Scantling is on it now. Now he could test off of it, assuming that he is vaccinated. We have evidence to suggest that he is, he's done in-person press conferences, things of that nature. Um, but if he can't go, how big a concern is that against what is, a Brown secondary that that has plenty of talent. 
Yeah, it's going to be, you know, another big test for Aaron Rodgers and his weapons to see, okay, if he can't, if MVS is out, how do we compensate for that deep threat? Because, you know, that's, you know, obviously we're, oh, jar of the obviously jar. That's where MVS is and, you know, he's coming off his best game this season. And it would just be kind of a bummer not to have him out there. But if he is not out there, it's head of the Packers really create production in the air without him and you know I thought Lazar played really well I think he's going to step up big once again Josiah DeGuara that those tight ends can uh, eat up some of those catches too so I, I think they still find a way against the Browns but you know things are a little bit harder without MVS to to stretch the middle of that field yeah and you're talking about a guy coming off maybe his best game of the season or one of his best games of the season we we saw how different he makes this offense the 75 yard touchdown a couple weeks ago in minnesota his ability to stretch the field is unique to him on this team there really isn't anyone who can do what he can do matt lafleur was quick to rule out the guys trying to come back from injury, David Bakhtiari and Jair Alexander. David Bakhtiari, although the Packers did not practice on Tuesday, uh, was listed as a did not practice, despite the fact that he practiced last week. This is the same trend that we saw a couple weeks ago when he practiced and then all of a sudden wasn't practicing. I mean, this is this is starting to get concerning to me. What is your concern level? Put it on like a 1 through 10 scale for me. Uh, I would say like a five or a six, you know, I still think there's a good chance he comes back, but you know, when you had that reconstructive surgery recently and you know, that's not really a great sign, but you know, you want him on the field hundred percent, but I think the fact that he has not been practicing when he has been, it's, it's a little bit more of, you know, was it rest? Was it just because there was a setback? And, you know, Matt LaFleur said many times, you don't really know how these guys are going to respond, you know, especially when they're back on the field doing actual practice and, you know, not just individual stuff. So, you know, it, it just, it kind of stinks though, because we're kind of dwindling down on the number of weeks left in the regular season. If we want to get them reps before the Packers enter the playoffs. And so, you know, I think that's kind of the only thing that would set, has set him back is that he doesn't really get those in-game reps during the regular season. Still David Bakhtiari, you can still play really well without those, but you'd like to see him back out there getting conditioned as well. So I think it's, it kind of it stinks that he's not able to at least practice or be out there, but I feel like if he's not back next week, that's probably going to be a little bit more concerning, at least on the practice field. I'm going to, I'm going to break uh, one of the Cardinal rules of interviewing and ask you a yes or no question. Are you ready? Yes. Can the Packers win the Super Bowl with Yash Nijman at left tackle? It depends who they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I would still say yes. You know, I obviously, ah, uh, coin. David Bakhtiari just takes this line to a different level. I think Yash has really proven himself, you know, granted that sack, there was a sack. I think that him and uh, uh, Dennis Kelly kind of combined on whiffing where Rogers got taken out, but I do think he stepped up very well. I, I think it's a guaranteed win with David Bakhtiari. I still think that they can win with Yash. That says a lot about how he's really stepped up in the face of adversity. And so I, I like him a lot. I like him a lot, you know, it's going to be a tough task to really, you know, quote unquote, replace a Pro Bowl left tackle. But I thought he's done very well so far. So, Lily, something that that stuck out to me, I was watching Aaron Rodgers on uh, the Pat McAfee show uh, in his cancel culture hoodie. And he said something that I thought was really interesting about um, the playoffs and home field advantage. And he, he said, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, 
you're either coming to Lambeau and we know what that means, or you're hosting the Green Bay Packers. He threw an expletive in there, but there was, there was a sense of pride, a sense of like, this is, we mean more in these moments. And it, it, I think reflected a confidence and a swagger that, that this team over the last couple of years has had. Are, are you sensing that level of confidence, that, that sort of swagger in this team? Oh, 100%. You know, he even said earlier in that interview that, you know, when they were kind of doing the kneel down, it was like, soak it all in. I mean, this is not easy. Winning the NFC North for three straight years is not easy. Take it all in, enjoy the ride. And then we know this is one thing that we're checking off our box because we have a lot more to accomplish. But I do believe that, you know, the expectation is to win their division and make it to the Super Bowl. They check that off every single year, but I think that now that goal is Super Bowl because they've been so close so many times the last couple of years. But I, I feel like the swagger is definitely there. I think it's led by Rodgers. It's led by those veteran leaders and, you know, they're confident that they can get there. And that's just so fun to see because those young guys like a Stokes, Jair, even though he's not out there, he was celebrating in the locker room with his teammates when they won the division crown. It's, it's, you need those guys with swagger, the Packers have them. Luckily, Matt LaFleur lets them lead that way. Uh, I think that's really important in their culture is that, you know, they've talked many times about how LaFleur lets them lead and they have those veteran leaders that are able to do that. So I think the swagger level is probably at a hundred, if not like 150 right now. <laughs> and, and it is, I mean, I think it means something we had, we had uh, Bailey Burmaster on the show yesterday and she was talking about the difference between the culture in green Bay and the culture in Cleveland. And I, I think it impacts winning. I'm, I'm very analytically driven. I believe in the numbers, but I think culture attitude, all that stuff, it, it, it has to matter whether it's the difference between winning or losing a game. Uh, look, I don't know, but I do feel like, it has some impact. It's not nothing when it comes to winning and losing games. Yeah. And you know, you don't want to come into a game and think, Oh man, like we're going to play a bad game. We're going to lose. Like that's not the mentality you want to have, right? You want to have a team that's whenever they step on the field, they're really confident. It starts with their leader and Rogers. And you know, he's been very reflective this season. So again, when you're coming into a team like this, the expectation, the culture is you win. Um, and they have those guys and they've gotten there so far with their record and they have those leaders to do so. And I'm just hoping though, Peter, at the end of this thing that we're, we look back on this and say, you know what, it was that culture. It was those guys in the locker room and they really believed in them in themselves to get to LA this year. And, and hopefully we look back and say they did. Mostly because I would love to go to LA in, in yeah, January, too. February. I mean, I think that would be the best part. Um, and, and frankly, Lily, if they don't do it uh, for us, they're selfish. That, that's just, uh, look, I, look, I, I don't make the rules. That's just <laughs> the reality. Let me let me propose something to you that I was thinking about while you were you were giving an answer earlier. Um, as an incentive for us with this obviously problem that we have mm-hmm. from now until the end of the Packers season, every obviously is going to cost Locked On Packers five dollars, and at the end of the season, we will donate the money. Uh, to a uh, charitable cause that our listeners will pick. How does that sound? I love that. I love that. I will definitely. Well, now it's more of like, do I drop in a lot of obvious things? <laughs> <laughs> I try to consciously not do it. <laughs> All right, we'll set we'll set a minimum TBD a minimum that we will donate at the end of the year. Love but it. we will. It'll be a swear jar for obviously for us. I love it. I'm in. All right, uh, Packers and the Browns on Saturday on Christmas. Um, there, there are, 
a lot of questions about who is going to play for the Browns. So this is a very hard game to handicap right now. It's why I didn't spend a ton of time with, with Bailey on it. I don't think it's all that useful right now for us to do because we, we just don't know who's going to be out there. Um, so let me ask you a different question. It's a Christmas game. Do you have Christmas traditions that you must adhere to every year? Like, okay, this is my thing. I got to watch home alone, or I got to eat this, or I've got to do like, what do you have anything that you're like, okay, it's not Christmas. If I don't do this. Yes. Uh, speaking of home alone, I am one of those people that I have to watch it. And then the other tradition is I, I normally drive down, like, you know, I'm from Indiana and we, there's this main road that when I was a kid, it was always lit up. Not so much anymore, but I'll go down the street with my parents and we'll look at Christmas lights on houses and those, you know, those big fancy houses. And we just kind of gape and all we're like, Oh man. So we do that. We go downtown, uh, see monument circle. So those would be my Christmas traditions. Um, this year a little bit different because you know, there's a game going on, but, um, home alone for sure this year i love it we already in my house we've already done home alone at least once we will probably do it more than once between now and christmas uh lily we will have you back um and and if i if i don't see i won't see you on this show until then so merry christmas happy holidays to everyone and uh, we will talk to you next week Woohoo! merry christmas happy holidays to you and all the listeners all right. I want to thank Lily for joining the show. Great to talk to her. She is a blast. We will be back with her, of course, next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. I had one today. In fact, I had one and a half today because I had one of the new puff flavors, the marshmallow puffs. It it They're so good. The coconut puff is unbelievable. And they have these new things called Built Bites. Just a little, you just need a little snack, just a little something to get you through to that next meal or to get you into that workout or or to come out of a workout. The thing that Built Bar does differently is they make delicious food, delicious bars that you're going to want to eat, but that are still good for you, that are still low in sugar, low in calories, low in net carbs, low in fat, but high in protein and high in fiber. These are protein bars that taste like candy bars, but fill you up and fuel your body in the best way possible. And we all need a little bit of extra fuel this time of year. Uh, we, we all want to taste something delicious this time of year. Why not give your body both? Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Try them for yourselves if you're skeptical. I was, when I first got the ad copy, I was like, no, nah, this can't be. And then I ate them and I became a customer myself. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, our crossover Thursday with Jeff Lloyd. And I'm, I'm, still, I'm still contemplating what we're going to do Friday. We, we may or may not have a show. If you want to do a happy hour, if you want to do a live, let me know. And we'll, we'll sort of crowdsource it a little bit. It is Christmas Eve. And so I want people to be with their families. I want them to, um, you know, have a, have a great experience with them. And, and if you need an excuse to get away from them, great. I can be that, but, but let me know if, if you want that and, uh, we, we can put that together. Otherwise we'll just, we'll just be ready. We'll go live after the game on, on Saturday and you'll have the podcast in your feed on Monday. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920 341 
3775 to stay locked on Packers.